Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for August 13th, 2023. Join in our call to worship. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Let us worship our trustworthy God. God, we thank you that you love us so very much. Bless our worship and keep our eyes fixed on you. In Jesus' name, amen.
during our prayer time today, I will be pausing for your personal prayers to be added. Remember that you may pause the audio whenever you would like, as long as you would like, in order to spend more time in silent prayer. Most merciful God, we wait before you, aware of our frailty, aware of the fragility of our world and the peoples of earth. We remember that we are dust, and to dust we will return. Yet you are our Creator. You are our Redeemer. Hear our pleas, hear our cries for mercy. We wait before you in the midst of a weeping and sinful world. Have mercy, O God, on our world, on the places of violence, on leaders who make war, on people who hope for peace. We pray for our world. Have mercy, O God. We wait before you in the midst of betrayal and broken relationships. Have mercy, O God, on our families and all we love, on children and parents who are alienated from each other, on husbands and wives who have forgotten how to love, on friends who wound each other, on churches struggling to live in peace. We pray for our friends, families, colleagues, and fellow believers. Have mercy, O God. We wait before you in the midst of sickness, grief, and death. Have mercy, O God, on all those in pain, those facing trials and temptations, those who are discouraged or bereft, those whose hearts are full of fear. We pray for all in need of healing and comfort. Have mercy, O God. You are our merciful God. Your love never ends. 
We rest in your care. In Jesus' name, amen. We continue our series on Consider the Birds with the Raven. Our scripture is 1 Kings 17, 1 through 6. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. The word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go from here and turn eastwards, and hide yourself by the wadi Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the wadi, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the wadi Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the wadi. Ask an ornithologist to name the smartest birds, and the raven will come up in the conversation. Ravens can do amazing things. The brain of the common raven is among the largest of any bird species. Over the years, scientists have performed experiments to test the raven's intelligence. One experiment designed to test insight and problem-solving ability involved a piece of meat attached to a string hanging from a perch. To reach the food, the bird had to stand on the perch, pull the string up a little at a time, and step on the loops to gradually shorten the string. Four of five common ravens eventually succeeded and the transition from no success, ignoring the food or merely yanking at the string, to constant, reliable access pulling up the meat, occurred with no demonstrable trial and error learning. Ravens are the only vertebrates besides humans to be able to communicate about objects or events that are distant in time or space. We have long known that bees and ants can somehow tell one another about food far distant from their meat nesting places. Ravens can do so as well, leading one another to food sources, bringing enough of the flock to chase away other scavengers. Common ravens have been observed calling wolves to the sight of dead animals. The wolves open the carcass, leaving the scraps more accessible to the birds. Ravens watch where other ravens bury their food and remember the locations of each other's food catches so they can steal from them. This type of theft occurs so regularly that ravens will fly extra distances from a food source to find better hiding places for food. They have also been observed pretending to make a cache without actually depositing the food, presumably to confuse spies. Researchers have also observed behaviors leading them to believe that ravens know when they have been cheated. Birds that were given a fair trade by experimenters were found to prefer interacting with these experimenters compared to those that did not. 
Furthermore, ravens in the wild have also been observed to stop cooperating with other ravens if they observe them cheating during group tasks, and they retain that memory for a very long time. Ravens can mimic human speech besides making 33 distinct calls of their own. They mate for life, performing amazing aerial courtship displays, and they are devoted parents. The young are even known to play, sliding down snowbanks and playing catch-as-catch-can with each other and even with wolves, who seem to enjoy the raven's company. The raven is an amazing example of God's joy in creation. The raven is not mentioned much in the Bible. Oddly enough, one of the times is in Deuteronomy 14, where the raven is included in the list of unclean birds, along with the eagle, the vulture, the osprey, the owl, and the heron. Knowing what such birds eat, and that the raven is a scavenger, we would have no problem understanding such a prohibition. Who would want to eat a raven anyway? Another mention of the raven is in the Genesis story of Noah's Ark. Noah sent out the raven first, as you will remember, to see if the waters had receded enough for him to leave the ark. The raven did not return. Whether the raven got lost on his way back or just found enough to eat that he did not find it attractive to return to the ark, we do not know. But Noah decided to send out a dove the next time, perhaps finding the raven unreliable. It is this same unpredictable, unclean raven that God chooses to send to Elijah when he is hiding by the Wadi Cherith. Elijah, whom we see here for the first time, has characteristically spoken truth to power. He has brought God's judgment to Ahab, telling the evil king that there will be a horrendous drought. King Ahab had no scruples. King Ahab had no conscience. Ahab did more to provoke the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than had all the kings of Israel who were before him, we are told in 1 Kings 16. So it follows that King Ahab really did not enjoy being told anything by the man of God. So God decided to send Elijah into hiding, and God promised to supply Elijah's needs. Imagine Elijah's predicament. Elijah has just angered an evil, powerful king. Elijah has been sent into the wilderness to hide. God's drought has come to pass, and the water in the wadi seems to get a bit lower each day. There is no food to be found, but God sends ravens to feed him twice a day. No doubt Elijah knows that ravens are unclean birds. And imagine the kind of bread and meat the ravens are bringing. There was no nice sanitary plastic packaging. No, I would imagine Elijah had to pluck that bread and meat right from the claws of a carrion-eating raven. And who knows how long the birds had to fly to pick up this meat and bread or where it had come from. It may not have looked the best by the time Elijah received it. 
But you do not hear Elijah complaining. No, Elijah has learned to trust God. Elijah accepts what God sends. And Elijah waits by the wadi until the time has been fulfilled and God gives him another assignment. Brothers and sisters, if you look at Scripture, this is the way God works. We ask for something in prayer, and God may send something that looks entirely different from what we have asked for. We are tempted to complain. I asked for patience, God, and you sent difficult people into my life. I asked for wisdom, and you sent a steady stream of mind-bending, confusing situations that are difficult for me to understand and work through. I asked for help to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, and you sent crowds of people who require more humility, gentleness, patience, and bearing with one another in love than I thought possible. What is the deal? The deal is that God's thoughts are far above our ability to understand. God's ways are far above our ways. As Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discerning discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1, 18-31 God chose the raven, that smart, sassy, not-so-clean bird, to minister to Elijah's needs. And Elijah learned to trust God. Elijah learned to lean on God so that later, when he trusted God to provide from a widow's near-empty jar of flour and nearly dry crews of oil, 
he convinced that widow to believe God as well. When Elijah was faced with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, he trusted God to defeat them all. And even though Elijah ran from Jezebel's wrath, God spoke to him in a still, small voice on that mountaintop. And Elijah heard and obeyed. In the same way, God chose the unexpected to do the work of salvation. God chose to come to earth as a fragile, helpless infant in order to show us God's way. God chose the Son of Man who had no place to lay his head to prepare for us an eternal home. And God chose the cross, a shameful, torturous instrument of death, to demonstrate God's great love for us. What human could have imagined such a thing? Luke 12:24 quotes Jesus, Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Yes, my brothers and sisters, we would do well to consider the ravens. Let us pray. O God, we thank you that your thoughts are high above our thoughts, and your ways are high above our ways. Teach us to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.
receive the benediction, for you shall go out with joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Amen.